Good morning, church. My name is John, and I have the privilege of opening God's Word with us this morning as we continue the theme of worship. And our worship this morning has just been amazing. I actually had goosebumps. You know, this word worship is a very, is a very broad, multifaceted word that most of us, when we speak about worship, I think define too narrowly. I had a look in the dictionary. This is what the dictionary says worship means. Expressing reverence and adoration for a deity or person or thing. We easily think that worship is just a matter of singing, hey, Craig Rochelle, well-known preacher in the States, he says, worshipping is simply showing what we value, showing what something is worth to us. Friends, we all worship. Even people that don't love God, let alone acknowledge that he is the creator of the, the universe, they worship something. We all worship something. Well, God's word tells us that we have been created to worship him. You know, we spent a whole sermon on that very topic only a couple of weeks ago in this series that you see the, the, the picture of on the screen called The Essentials, Getting to the Heart of Christianity. And you remember that we looked at the five solas. And the last one was Solo Deo Gloria, Glory to God alone. And it was about worship. And you may remember, if you were here, that we kept referring to a guy called Martin Luther and the Protestant Reformation, which all started 500 years ago. It was a movement in the church that brought God's people back to Scripture, back to the truth of God's Word. Not tradition, not rules, but to God's Word. Well, to fully understand how we are to worship God, I want us to again let God's word tell us and teach us and show us. The fact that you and I have been born, that we breathe air, that we are here, is because it is part of God's plan. God chose you and created you for his own pleasure. Have a look at what we read in Revelation 4.11. The writer here says, You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honour and power, for you created all things, and to your will they were created and have their being. <clears throat> we exist for God's glory. To worship him. Because friends, it is in him, in him, that we have our being and our existence. But do you have times that you sometimes feel insignificant? I want your attention because we all have these times, don't we? We have these times in life when we think, oh really? 
Does my life really matter that much? Does my opinion count? There are times when we feel very much ignored, overlooked. We feel that we don't matter. We feel insignificant. And we have a spiritual enemy who loves to see you in that place. But when we read God's word, when we slow down and truly look at what God says about us, who he has created in his image, when we understand what he says about us, we will realise that each one of us is very significant. Each one of us is very significant. To the point that Jesus sent, that God sent his son Jesus to take care of our sin and our brokenness. This, this tendency that we easily have of feeling insignificant. God wants to meet that, that need that we have to feel significant. So we need to allow God's word to speak to us. So realise, your birth, your existence is part of God's plan, which his word says is for his glory and for his purpose. Ephesians 1 verses 4 to 6 For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given us in the one he loves. So I want us to note that we have been claimed and we have been redeemed as the forgiven children of God for his pleasure. And bringing pleasure to God is called worship. Anything we do that brings pleasure to God is an act of worship. And like a diamond, a diamond which has all of those different facets, worship, like a diamond, is multifaceted. Worship is more than just singing. Worship is a lifestyle. It it is a heart deal. From day one in the first book of the Bible, we read that Adam worshipped God when he was working in the Garden of Eden. That's why the Apostle Paul says in his letter to the believers in Corinth that in everything we do, whether eating or drinking, do it all for the glory of God. Friends, you and I have been created, we have been called by God to worship him in everything that we do. Hebrews 13.15, we're told to continually offer to God our praise. Psalm 113 verse 3, we're told to praise God from sunrise to sunset. And quoting the Reformation champion Martin Luther, he said, a dairy maid can milk her cows to the glory of God. What the? A dairy maid can milk her cows to the glory of God. 
Friends, worship is a lifestyle. It is a heart deal. And this is how the message translation of the Bible defines how we are to worship God. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Now God takes our worship of him very seriously. One time, way back in history, God's people were punished for their heartless worship. We read in Isaiah 29, God is speaking and he says, These people come near to me with their mouth and honour me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. It's all show. It isn't heartfelt. So let me remind us what Jesus said is God's most important commandment to us. And of course he's quoting from Deuteronomy chapter 6 where Jesus says we are to love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind and with all of your strength. The second is this, love your neighbour as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. So when we talk about worshipping God in all of life, we're saying this. That's what worship is. Rick Warren, well-known preacher, he says, work becomes worship when we dedicate it to God and perform it with an awareness of God's presence. Even milking cows, or making school lunches, or mowing the lawn, or playing bowls, or building sandcastles with your kids on the beach. Friends, we have been created to worship God in every way and in everything we do. I remember hearing a sermon years ago and the preacher said, imagine if Jesus were your boss at work. Would you turn up late? Would you put in extra effort? Would you go that extra mile? Listen to what the Bible says about how we are to worship God. Ephesians 5. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Find out what pleases the Lord. Isn't that an interesting directive that Paul writes here? Find out what pleases the Lord. Now I'm pretty sure all of us know what it means to find out what pleases someone. This is what we did when we wanted to grow a stronger friendship with someone. Guys, do you remember when you first started going out with that special lady, that that girlfriend who's probably your wife today, Do you remember what you did in those early courting days? How you wanted to learn how to please her? And ladies, do you you remember showing interest in your then boyfriend's hobbies? 
All because it was your way of trying to find out ways of being able to please them as you nurtured that relationship. This is what Paul is talking about. We are to find out what pleases the Lord. How do we do that? How do we, how do we find out what pleases the Lord? Well, we, we read his word. We find out what pleases the Lord by meeting together with his people every week for encouragement and for fellowship. This is how we nurture and grow in our relationship with him and his people. And then we will go individually, yet corporately, go into the week ahead of us, worshipping him in everything that we do. And then people will wonder, what is it about those Christians? Why do they do this? To love God with all of your heart, soul, strength, mind, requires we find out what pleases him. That's what we've just heard and seen that the Bible teaches us. Mark 12, Ephesians 5. Yet, why do we find it so hard to do this consistently? We say we want to, don't we? But we both know we mess it up so often and so easily. How come? It's because we don't understand so many things in life. And when we don't understand, when we're confused, when there are things that just don't make sense, well, we don't follow God's commands. And we find some of them really hard to obey. For example, how can you love someone who has really done something bad to you? Or, or, you know, for some people, they they can't comprehend that, that God would love them when they themselves know how unworthy they are of his love. Well, this is when we as believers need to make a decision about life and how we will live our lives. Have a look at the screen. Understanding all things can wait, but obeying at all times can't. Stay with me here. Jesus says, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. This is God's promise to us. Allowing life's confusions to hinder our obedience, friends, that just merely compounds our doubts and our fears and our troubles. Obedience unlocks understanding. Obedience is the key to worship. A life of worship is a life of obedience. And the control centre of our obedience is our heart. And the heart of worship is surrender. Surrender to the word of God. Surrender, though, is an unpopular word today. Disliked almost as much as the word submission. 
Surrender implies giving up, losing. No one wants to be a loser. We would rather talk about winning and succeeding and overcoming and conquering. Not submitting or obeying or surrendering, but surrendering to the word of God is exactly what's required to live our lives, our day-to-day lives worshipping God. Surrender is the heart of worship. Offering ourselves to God is what worship is all about. God wants our lives, our everyday lives, our all-day lives. God wants our hearts. He wants our surrender. Yet we often falter. We falter because of the challenges that we face in life that create barriers. These barriers prevent us from doing what we want to do, which is to worship God in every way. I want to mention three barriers that hinder our surrender to God. Just three. Fear, pride and confusion. Fear. That crippler. Fear. You know, we fear what others might say if we do what God says. We might get laughed at. Some of us even fear the fact that we can trust God. Really? Can we trust God? Will he really meet all of my needs? Friends, we all have times of doubt. Times of trouble that cause us to fear. But here's where, as God's people, this is where faith and trust come in. We're to remind ourselves of God's promises. You know, never will I leave you. I am with you always. Note the way that God speaks on behalf of, sorry, Isaiah speaks on behalf of God in, in, in his book where he says, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Fear will strangle our resolve to surrender in obedience to God's word. So here's how we deal with fear. We choose to obey God. Psalm 55, 22, Cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. And the writer of Psalm 56 says, When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. We must choose to surrender our will our fear, our confusion to the wisdom and the truth of God's word. Fear. What about pride? You know, pride is a major barrier to us surrendering our lives to God's word. Admitting our faults, our weaknesses, our vulnerabilities... We don't want to do that. Which is crazy when you really think about this because he knows them anyway. And you know there are two sides to pride, don't you? There is active pride, which is just arrogance and boastfulness and smugness. But there is also passive pride or 
false humility. Oh, I'm not really worthy. I couldn't accept anybody's help. Oh, I'll just be quiet and not say anything. Pride hinders worship because it derails obedience to God. We either disobey him because we think we know better, overt pride, active pride, or we disobey him because we make excuses for ourselves, which is passive pride. Friends, realise God created us to worship him and obedience is the key to worship. Do you remember the incident in the New Testament? Simon Peter, one of the disciples, he's been out fishing all night with some of his other fishermen friends and they come in in their boats and they're cleaning their nets. It's now morning time. They've been out all night and the the catch has been dismal. So he's come back into shore and they're cleaning their nets and they're feeling dejected because it's been a bad night of fishing They're getting ready to go home and then Jesus comes along and Jesus starts teaching. He's on the beach and of course the crowd come. And then Jesus gets into Simon Peter's boat and he uses his boat as kind of like a pulpit and he teaches the people. And then when he's finished teaching, he says to to Simon Peter to do something which is a lesson about worshipping God for you and me to take and understand. Here's what we read. When he, Jesus, had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've been working hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. But because you say so, I will. Friends, that's the right answer. But because you say so, I will. Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. We will find out what pleases the Lord. Obedience in all things is the key to worshipping God. Surrendered people obey God's word, even if it doesn't make sense. Obedience unlocks understanding. The third barrier, of course, is confusion. Never has our world faced the voices and the opinions that we face today. They're all telling us what to do, what to believe, what to prioritise, what to vote. It's like being on an out-of-controlled merry-go-round and we're not sure. Confusion. Tell me. Where is your true north? Where is your true north? Where do you end your search for truth, for right and wrong? 
if it's not God and his word, you will surrender to the opinions or the expectations of others. Please hear what I'm going to say on the screen. You and I are free to choose what we surrender to, but we are not free from the consequence of that choice. But because you say so, I will. Anyone who loves me will choose to obey my teaching. We will find out what pleases the Lord. For you and I to truly reach our God-ordained life's potential, we must choose to worship him in every area of life. To worship him, we must surrender to him. We must obey him. And, and friends, this is an all-of-life deal. We must give God our past regrets, our present problems and confusions, and we must give him our future ambitions. We must give him our fears and our weaknesses and our habits and our hang-ups and our hurts. We're to put Jesus in the driver's seat of our lives. And then, friends, then, then we can handle anything in life that will come our way because then we know that our lives are being lived in worship to him. This is how we read it in God's word in Romans 12, verses 1 to 2, where it says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, this is the Apostle Paul talking to the believers. He says, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behaviour and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. This is what worship is about, all of life. And this is only part one, because tonight, tonight I'm going to continue this theme of worship. But it's going to be a specific focus tonight on worship as in singing to God, as in why we come together as God's people on the Sunday to worship him in our worship services. Have you ever wondered why singing is so important to God? Have you ever wondered why we are commanded to sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs? To help us learn why tonight, I've asked Emma, our creative arts director, to answer those questions about worship from God's word. And she and I are going to 
share the teaching part of tonight's service as we continue going deeper into worship. And I want to encourage those of you who can to join our PM Church as we continue to learn and grow in how do we worship God in all of life. But that's this afternoon. For now, I want to lead us in prayer. And I ask that you will come with a true, humble heart Because, Father, you've created us to worship you for your pleasure. You have given us your word. And we ask, Lord, that you would help us be obedient to your word as we surrender to you and let our lives worship you in every way, in everything that we do, so that we, your people, may be a witness for you in our broken, confused world. Lord God, we will follow you because you are the King of kings, the Lord of lords. To you goes all the glory forever and ever. Amen. See you tonight. Bless you. Church, please stand. And we're going to just praise his name one more time for all the grace that he's given us, for everything that he's done in our lives. Let's give him the glory. Yeah.